Amen. Well, speaking of grace, we're so thankful what God's doing here at Word of Grace through works of grace and so many other awesome things. We have a special video presentation we want to bring to you. I want you uh, to look and see, and there's a number of people you'll recognize, and I just want you to see what God has started doing in a special way, what he's going to emphasize and grow into untold limits of what God's about ready to do. So we want to go ahead and play this presentation for you this morning. Be blessed as you see it. We're out here doing a bus stop outreach with Grace Works and we're going to be handing out some uh, snacks and water and tracks for the high school, junior high and elementary kids. Just waiting right now for the bus to start showing up. God is so awesome what he's been doing here. Kids have been so excited to get off the bus and get these snacks. So I want, you, I want to invite you out every Tuesday at 2.30, meet at the 28 East Apartment Complex just past BJ's on the right. Come join us and be a part of what God's doing. Hey man, this is what it's about. Don't forget, every Tuesday, 2.30, 28 East Apartment Complex, touching lives, making a difference in the Kingdom of God. Now we get to have one. Thank you. Army soup kitchen fixing to help serve these guys who uh, come in every day. So I encourage you to come out, uh, get involved with the serving of the soup kitchen, any kind of thing like that you can do in the community. God bless you tremendously. This is an awesome thing to take place. <laughs>
doing the reach out to all the kids out here. It's really fun. All the kids are having fun throwing footballs and eating hot dogs. And it was ISO and GT Kids and Grace Works Ministry. Praise God. I'd like for all the volunteers, would you please stand up? All those who have been working so hard in volunteering. I know you don't want the praise, but would you please stand up? Because we want to just thank God for every life. Would you please stand up? God, please. Let's just give them a big hand and let's thank God for what they're doing. We bless you. We bless you today. Thank you, each and every one. I want you to know that this has been in just the last three weeks, not even a month, and then there's so many more, and I'll be sharing some more things that's happened that wasn't even up there, but it's just awesome about people reaching out. And how many of you know that's what it's all about? And I'd just like to say hello to Cody, because he told me about this video when he came two weeks ago and showed it to me. He says, Dad, you got to use this. And I thought, oh, we got to use it. And it turned out perfect. And what was great about it is those, that's the group called Kings of Leon. And they were preacher, there are preacher's sons who kind of got famous and went out there a little bit in the world. But then they made this new CD saying they're coming back to the waters they drank from and they're coming back about what God is doing and the word that was put in their heart will not return void amen hallelujah you're gonna to have to help me today sometimes I feel the father's heart and he is so pleased and what I want to share with you today visions of grace and some people see an old hand right there as Sister Renee and so others I share in a minute were in the nursing home last night in Tioga. And so many, so many see old hands, but those are hands of love. Those are the hands of Jesus. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. I want to share with you just a few things here today. In Acts chapter 20, we shared this just the other day. It says, now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance to all. Somebody shout out all. To all he has set apart for himself. But I want to talk to you today about visions of grace. And I want to talk to you and I'm showing the word of God the next step. Because I talked two weeks ago about receiving grace. But there's a higher calling and a deeper level of grace. It's not just receiving grace. But it's being givers of grace. As grace is able to build us up. What we give to others is able to build them up. 
And as you saw the people in the soup kitchen of Salvation Army, as you saw the veterans at the veteran hospitals, you saw the different nursing homes, as you saw the apartments of 28 East, it's not just giving for their natural needs, but it's to raise them up in grace to where they will receive an inheritance as children and sons and daughters of God. Even as many have given their hearts to the Lord, even this last Thursday at their apartments, but at other places, there is a grace which is able to build them up. And I shared with you the definition of grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. So works of grace is you doing for others who cannot do for themselves. It means to cause things to happen that need to happen that we cannot do or they cannot do. It speaks of a favor that cannot be earned. One of the questions all these volunteers are asked as they go out, why are you doing this? And the response is all the same because we want to reveal Jesus to you, that Jesus loves you. It means unmerited favor, grace, giving us and empowering us to give to others what they cannot earn for themselves. And you say, how can you show this to me scripturally? It says in 1 Peter 4.10, in the New International Version, I want you to see this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And I looked up that word administrator. And it means to supervise the affairs. And it is also the word that when God, when Jesus told the disciples to feed the multitude with just a few loaves and bread, it meant to serve them out of the empowerment of God. It means to dispense. It means to furnish a benefit, to furnish a benefit. It means to bring into operation, to contribute assistance, to bring aid or supplies, to perform the duties of administration. It means an emphasis on a work that needs to be done. It means to wait on tables and to serve dinners. It means to take care of someone's needs. It means to be able to help the advantage to others. And it also means helping someone who is directly involved and in need. That's what giving of grace means. This next scripture here in Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly through the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Somebody shout out, find grace. Find grace to help those in need. How many times are there people out there that we've all heard people tell us before, Oh, you'll go to hell for that. Oh, you'll go to hell for that. They'll come by they go, do you ever think God can forgive me? Only if you're baptized in Jesus' name. Only if you give all this and you do all that and they start bringing doctrine, but we never give grace. And the thing that is saying here, come boldly through the throne of grace. But you cannot fix. God is able to fix. Amen? Come in the time of need. So many people say, but you know... What's God going to do with me? Our job is to point him towards the throne room and say, you know what? The Lord wants you to go on in. I, he wants you to experience what Moses and so many others experience, that God is not the God by definition through the ideas of man. He's a God like you've never known before. And he's inviting you to go into this place. And I put here, we talk about distributing food and we put an emphasis on that. But how many of you know we are called to distribute grace? We're called to give others what they cannot earn or do for themselves. We're called to help people who are not able to help themselves. And I want you to see this scripture in the message translation. It says, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. How many know that's true? 
So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up. Look, listen to this. You're wondering, what can I do with my life? Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in. It, if words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. Last night, Sister Renee, Sister Barbara, Sister Annie, Sister Shalene, they were at the Tioga Manor last night and they were making them do exercises and, and, and rubbing lotion in their hands and doing manicures and they're doing that at the different places and you could see them there uh, just getting them all excited. Sister Annie was looking for a husband and uh, we were just... <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and they were just getting, you could see those people and, and they were just all excited about what God was doing. And, and a while back, Sister Sherry sent this letter and, and it was about her taking the girls and some other volunteers. And this is what she wrote to the nursing home. She says, they brought some socks to him and that she says, we meet so many sweet, sweet ladies and men. One gentleman we met really, really touched my heart. He was laying in his bed, but so nicely dressed with his hair all combed back, kind of like the man used to do in the way back, the grease look. Buttoned up, collared shirt, just spiffy dressed. When we went in, he sat up real quick and his eyes opened wide in excitement to see us. The girls went over and gave him his card and socks, and I explained to him that we were from Word of Grace Church here in Pineville and that these girls had made cards especially for them. Well, he just got all choked up and told us that he just wanted, that he, that just made him want to cry and touched his heart that we would do all that for him. Needless to say, I walked out of there with tears in my eyes. He was so thrilled that someone just thought of him and to, thought to bring gifts as well. My heart was still full thinking of him. And then there was this little lady that welcomed us as we knocked on her front door and she said, come in. And we went in and she had to be one of the happiest people I've ever met. She was just praising God and then we came, that we came to visit her. I found myself thinking it's only Jesus in her that could cause joy like that in an environment of living in a nursing home. Talking with my girls from the smallest to the youngest, they all seemed to be glad they experienced this outreach. I just know that the seeds were planted in their hearts last night to be missionaries and to have a heart for outreach as well. I always explained to them, even though they were kids, God still uses kids. You don't have to be a grown-up only to be used by Jesus so they really experienced that firsthand. And we also had great chaperone support. And I was very thankful. I couldn't have done without all the hands on help. And, and, and don't let me forget Kayleen uh, bringing Reckon the therapy dog. They brought that, that dog that they bring to uh, just comfort the people, let the people pet them. And there's just so many ways of being useful. And, and then a while back, uh, Sister Margie sent me an email that we need coats, blankets, scarves, hats for the homeless. You know, not to embarrass anybody, but we have people here, and one came up to me Wednesday, and he said, you know, I'm, for, the first time I'm, uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm sleeping under a roof, and it is so awesome. And he told me the name of the bridge he'd been living under, 
And now he's got a roof over his head. He's been coming to church for weeks, all three services, every time he can get a ride. And he's been so faithful and God's doing such a work in his life. And what a testimony about to help people. And how many times we, we all have more hats and scarves and coats than we can wear. And, you know, I was thinking about, I was complaining to uh, a, a father the other day. I was telling him, I said, you know what? Take advantage of Christmas time. Enjoy going to the toy, toy aisle because there's a time when your kids go so big you don't get to go down the toy aisle anymore and I don't have grandkids to go down the toy aisle anymore. And then all of a sudden I started thinking, but you know what? I can go back down the toy aisle for the Navajo children. I can go down the toy aisle for little children around in the area who don't have anything. And I have a couple who called me and they said, Pastor, do you have a couple in the church who don't have food and toys for their kids for Christmas? He says, our kids have everything and we don't even know what to buy them because they have everything. And the oldest is only like four or five years old. He said, We're, we, we want to do Christmas for someone else this year. And so I told him about a widow who's raising two children. And I got to tell her this week that Christmas is all taken care of. And you should have just seen her eyes light up. And there's so many others and so many things to be helping. And that's what we're reading here about being in on God's help and, and so we, we want to encourage you uh, hats, scarves, blankets, sizes including children bring it here to the church and we're going to make sure that it gets to, uh, to uh, the Salvation Army to hand out to those who don't have and then also about this uh, ministry from uh, Youth with a Mission called Women of Hope to help physical, emotional, spiritual needs the, the HUV virus in Africa is so bad and there's this little widow lady who's raising her two grandchildren who is much in need of so many things and, and uh, we'll make sure that you can get that information so that you could be able to help her. And, and there's just outreaches everywhere we go. There's so many things we're doing. This church has been involved many years in the C program, which is Brother Lester Summerall's legacy that he left where they bought a huge freighter and they bring tons of food and bring and bring it to children and people all over the world where there's disasters in their need. We're part of helping build wells and, and help the poor and, and buy medical equipment and even hospital equipment for hospitals in Argentina and different areas. And at least four different areas we're helping with children's programs in Argentina and the missionaries were helping in Spain and freedom programs in Israel with Sister Irene and, and just the, uh, child, the, uh, uh, the crisis pregnancy center that we're helping with monthly for years now making sure that we're sending money every month and all these different things and you're a part of that that we're thankful for your faithful giving because we're doing stuff abroad we're doing stuff at home we're doing everything we can to make sure that we are giving grace out to the people in need and how many of you that's what it's all about can I hear an Amen Amen As administers of grace, God has called us to reach out to people in grace. And it says in Matthew 3, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Sometimes, as I'm going to share with you, we got to get to the point where I realize I need God. He's the only one who's going to get me out of this. It says in Hebrews 4, 16, so let us walk right up to him. And that's what we need to tell people. Instead of them beating themselves down, we need to say, listen, you need to walk right up to God and get what he is so ready. Somebody shout out, ready to give. He is so ready to give. And it says, take the mercy and accept the help. Take the mercy and accept the help. Don't try to explain mercy a way you never will. Don't try to say I'm beyond help because you never will be. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses 
and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. The message of grace. Do you know what the message of grace is? Listen to me just a moment. I'll be glad when we get some more cameras and I can walk back down here close to you. You know what the message of grace is for you and I and for the people out there in the world? Give yourself some slack. You will never get free underneath guilt. You can only get free under grace. People feel hopeless because they're operating under guilt when the Lord wants to give a revelation of coming to him in need. In other words, you aren't to fix it. I can fix it. Cut yourself some slack. You can't fix anything underneath guilt. You need grace to overcome it. Grace means you're accepted. Grace means touching, hurting people. Grace means accepting them when they don't accept themselves. And now grace is saying, give yourself some space. When you're at your weakness, give yourself some space. I'll come to your rescue. The time of grace. I found this definition on the Sermon on the Mount, and it was written in some ways. I love it. It says here, live a life of good deeds in the community where they have an effect and show what God is really like. Be better than the hypocrites. Don't just avoid killing people. Avoid also with the attitudes that kill such as anger, hatred, and name-calling. Make amend with those who have hurt and work out your conflicts with others. Don't just do good to those who do good to you. Just be a good person and be good to someone else. Don't do good things just to get attention, but to help other people. Don't be religious for show. Be spiritual in the privacy of your heart. Get your spiritual sight examined and you'll see life more correctly. Amen. It says he comes to us in our times of needs when others uh, are having trouble with acceptance. And how many of you know when you're fighting guilt and shame, and I may be speaking to someone even here right now, internet or on the CD, when you're fighting guilt and shame, those inner voices can drive you crazy. Why pray? He's not going to hear your prayers. Not a hypocrite like you. Not someone divorced and in drugs like you. He's not going to hear your prayers. He can't love someone like you. He knows your past. He knows your heart. And someone under guilt and shame, they cannot understand the depth of the grace and the love and the mercy of God. But God says, I want to welcome you into the throne room. Grace is so powerful. It causes the negative voices in your head to be conquered by the voices of love from the Father. Those voices that have been condemning you and tearing you down and telling you you're on your way to hell. The voice of grace says, oh no, that's not the plan in the future that I have for you. You may not be perfect. Yeah, I know you heard that word. You may not be perfect. I'm not perfect. No one in here is perfect. But there is a perfect God that hands out grace and he's saying, come into my throne room and receive it in the time of need. Let me fix you. Can I hear an amen? People struggle with false standards. People will tell you, well, you know, I tried church 18 times. I tried 
quit drinking 14 times. I tried quitting drugs. I've been married 18 times. Uh, no, so far the record's been eight, you know, in this church. But I've been married eight times. And uh, God help him. But anyway, uh, okay, come on, focus. I can't go there. I can't go there. Anyway, you say I can't fix myself and people are struggling with standards too hard to live by. For example, pastor, I hear this all the time. I heard it this week so many times. Pastor, I should be farther along than I am. Pastor, I should even be talking to you because I've messed up again. Pastor, I keep messing up the same place over and over and over again. But you know what I like? I'm glad that they call me and I'm glad that they text me. I'm glad that they email me because I can tell them, I can speak to them in the voice of grace. They say, Pastor, I know I shouldn't be living this way. And you know what? They don't need me to beat them up about it. They need me to say, you know what? Let me pray with you. Let me just encourage you to the way we all need to live. I don't talk down, you talk up. That's what grace does. Amen? You can't fix your life by always criticizing yourself. False standards. Let me talk to the young ladies here. For an example, the false standards that the media and the world give. That you've got to look like Miley Cyrus. You've got to sing like Miley Cyrus. You've got to look like them little skinny girls on Nickelodeon. Uh, You've got to make the boys go crazy like on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon is not your Bible. Nickelodeon is not the standard for you to live by. In fact, that's the standard of the enemy. If we live by the standards of other people, we'll go crazy. Just think about the famous water boy. Mama said, foosballs of the devil. How many of you know foosballs not of the devil? Amen. She also said, girls are of the devil. How many of you men know girls are not of the devil? Amen. Say, my girl's not of the devil. Oh, boy, that's weak. That's weak. False standards bring guilt and condemnation. I want you to see this. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame and he remembers that we're dust. I looked this up again, and it means he remembers that we're crumbled, broken pieces of dirt. We're broken. We don't have, we're not a piece of mud even. We're not even a piece of mud that's all together. That word there means we're broken clunks and chunks of mud that need to be brought together. And guess what? That word remembers, the Lord pities, that word he remembers our frame means, guess what? He measures you. Not by me, not by Billy Graham, not by anybody else. He measures you from what you come from. Broken clunks of dirt. That's how he measures your life. Isn't that awesome? So many people fighting these accusing voices and God wants us to go into the throne room. I want to show you, Moses said, show me the throne room. Show me your glory. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this. Also that thou hast spoken for thou hast found grace. Found what? Grace. Was Moses perfect? No. Did he enter to the promised land? No, but he found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, I beseech you, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord. In the throne room is where you see the goodness of God. And it says, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. That's why we cannot judge. 
we may be ungracious to who God's saying, I'm going to be gracious and I'm giving them another chance. And I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. And it says, and the Lord passed by before him, proclaimed the name of the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children until the third and the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head towards the earth and worshiped. And he said, if I know I have found grace, grace, grace in thy sight. Oh, Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. For it is a stiff-necked people. We're dirt. And pardon our iniquity for our sin. And take us for thine inheritance. And he said, behold, I will make a covenant before all thy people. And I will do marvels such as have never been done. Listen now. This is grace speaking. I will do marvels that have never been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with you. Now, the terrible thing don't mean that it's going to be terrible. It means it's going to be extraordinary. It's going to be awesome what the Lord is about ready to do. He says, you've got to get to the point where you know you have your need. When you become your lowest, God becomes the highest. When you become the neediest, God becomes the source to meet all those needs. And when you come to the end of your hope and you come to the end of power, when you come to the dead end, and I'm going to give you an example for just a moment here, and, and, and I'll be getting, bringing this to a close, but I want you to see how many of you have ever been to a place, especially if you're in this auditorium at night, and I'm walking to my car in the back and they turn the lights out, this room gets so dark, you can't see a chair or nothing in front of you. The only thing I can hope for is to see a glimpse of a light so that I can start going towards that light. And the thing about it is, is the darker my surroundings get, the more precious the light becomes. And sometimes you got to get to where it is so dark, you can't see nobody around you. You can't feel nothing around you. Sometimes you got to get to the point where you are at the darkest hour. You might be under a bridge. You might be living in a car. You might be wondering how you're going to find your next meal. You may be in a place where you don't know how your marriage is going to make it. But sometimes, sometimes we got to get to the darkest that we've ever been before to find the light of the glory because the light's the throne room. Sometimes you got to get in such total darkness, you got to see the throne room to get you out of hell. And I want to show you the examples of grace. God spoke this to me in Psalms 23. I want you to see this here today. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. Now look at this. He lets. That's grace. I don't have to earn it. He lets me rest. You see, the darkness causes me to seek the shepherd who lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me. The darkness causes me to come into the grace that he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews. He desires to renew my strength. He does it out of pure mercy and grace. And then it says, he guides me. I don't have to ask him. He desires to guide me along the right paths now that I've seen the power of the wrong paths bringing honor to his name. Look at this. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, even when I've come to the end of self and I have no more willpower, I have no more strength, and I feel like I'm dying inside, when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close. You choose to be close beside me. You choose for your rod and your staff to protect and comfort me. 
You choose to prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. And you choose to honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Sometimes the darkest valley causes you to become the hungriest saint. Lord, I need you. I've tried a lot of things to meet my need, but nothing can meet my need like you. Matthew 5, 3 says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their what? Realize their what? Need. Not that you can fix it, but you realize your need. I want to I wanna end with, with this real quickly here. About uh, I shared with you three weeks ago about Jehovah Shalom, that Jesus manifested to a Gideon in the flesh and declared the name of the Lord Jehovah Shalom, the God of my peace. His message incarnate was peace. But you find in the book of Joshua, chapter 5, Joshua was scaling the walls of the enemy. And he was trying to figure out what he was about to do. And it says that the Lord... Of the commander of the Lord's army appeared to him. And it says that Joshua fell on his face before him and he said, Lord, and once again, we find Jesus appearing before Mary in Bethlehem. We find Jesus appearing out of the will of the Father and he manifested to Joshua. And the way he manifested to Joshua is that he says, I am the Lord, the commander of the armies, or in other words, I'm the Lord of grace. He appeared grace to Joshua because he said, don't worry, you're not going to have to fight this battle. You're not going to, he said, who are you, whose side are you on? Are you on this? their side or are you on our side and it says that Jesus was dressed in armor and he had a sword in his hand and I love what it says in the King James he says I'm not on neither side you better be on my side because as Lord as the Lord of the armies of the host of God the commander of the armies of God I've come here and I've come to appear to you and I've come to tell you you will not need to fight in this battle when Jehoshaphat was surrounded by the enemy and he didn't know what to do the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he prophesied you will not have to fight in this battle you can find time Time and time again that you can see where the Lord appeared in the, in, a, in the message of grace. That the battle is not yours, but mine, saith the Lord. There's nothing you can do to win this battle. But I will not leave you as orphans and forsake you as those without a father and a mother. But I've come to lead you and guide you. I've come to oversee the battle. And I'm about ready to make a turnaround come in your life. And I'm going to cause you to rise up with victory and strength within you. And you will not have to fight this battle. There's nothing you can do to earn the victory Jesus my son has already earned the total victory at the cross of Calvary and I am going to honor the death and the resurrection of my son through the resurrection of you in the midst of this battle that's the grace of God the battle is mine and not yours time and time again he told them when they came to the Red Sea Moses what are we going to do the Lord says Moses tell them stand still and see the salvation of your God. That's grace. When you can't help yourself, God is still there to help you. When you can't help yourself, when nobody can help you, He is there to help you. And that is the type of grace that we're called to offer to the world. The Lord told Joshua, See, I've already given you the victory. You can't see it now, but you're going to see it. The Lord wants to extend to you grace today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been fighting, he says, God blesses those who are poor. You don't have it all together and realize their need for him. The more needy I am, the more of God I get to know. 
the place that I feel the sickest is the place where God's going to take me to feel the, the, the healthiest, the wellest. And I can't do nothing for it. It's given just because God loves you. The grace of God is sufficient for you in your place of weakness, in your place of darkness, in your place of death. The grace of God is sufficient. So I just want you right now, if you just bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, I am in that dark place. I've come to the end of all my resources. I have nothing left. I've tried everything to fix it and I cannot fix it. What am I going to do? But when you come to your place of greatest need, it's what God is getting ready to do for you. He says, I hear, I watch, and I'm controlling, your, I'm controlling the battle. Don't fear. Don't draw away. Draw nigh to me. And if you search for me with all of your heart and soul, I'll let you find me, says the Lord. If you're here today and you say, I need grace. I need strength. I've tried and I've tried on my own, but I haven't been able to do it. I want you to raise your hand where you are and say, I need to be rebaptized in the grace of God. I need an encounter with the commander of the armies of the Lord. Would you raise your hand here this morning? I need forgiveness of sins. God bless you, sis. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I need an encounter with grace. I'm tired of trying to fix something and I can't fix it. I need the grace of God. If that's you and you've been struggling, just raise your hand before the Lord. Just raise your hand. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Anyone else today? God bless you, sis. God bless you, my brother. I see your hand. Yes, sir. Anyone else today? His grace is sufficient. God bless you, my sis. God bless you, sis. I see both of those hands. Jesus, Jesus trying so hard and yet you beat yourself up because you're not advancing receive the grace of God today my grace is sufficient when you're weak I'm strong Paul says I rejoice at my weakest moment because that's where I get to know God in a new marvelous way those who raise their hands would you put your hand upon your heart and just pray this with me dear heavenly father I stand before you as I am not having to live according to man's standard because I can't but I fall upon you today and I pray for your mercy and your grace have mercy upon me and forgive me of my sins the wrongs that I have done Make me new. Lift the old desires that take it out of me. Destroy the yokes upon my shoulder and my neck. Lift the burdens off of me. Save my soul, my mind, my emotions, my feelings. Heal me of secret hurts, secret sins. Deliver me. 
I fall upon your grace today before your very throne. And I trust you to deliver me, to lead me, to guide me, and to restore me. In Jesus' name, you are my shepherd and I do not need. Now just continue to keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. I want to give one more invitation. If you're here today and you read the word and you know there's so much more you could be available to do for God. We go so busy about our own lives. We're always occupied about what we need to do, about our own entertainment, about our own stuff, that we get so lost in our world that we forget that we live in a world of dying, hurting people. I want to share with you one of the greatest secrets to getting out of depression. If you want to get out of depression, you can read books and you can listen to tapes and you'll still battle it most of the time. But if you want to get free from depression, this is one of the ways you can do it. Start doing works of grace. Go to the nursing home. You don't feel like it and you're thinking, you know what, if I go there, I'll end up more depressed than I am now. No, that's not true. You may start off feeling like, man, I don't feel any better than these people, but before you know it, there's going to be a presence of God come upon your life. And that hard heart that's so inclined to look itself will start looking at others through the eyes of God. When you start seeing out of a heart of love towards others, that love starts healing you and covering the multitude of your sins. The Lord is asking you, to reach beyond yourself and go feed the poor and help the needy. Help those who cannot help themselves and by helping others, you will reap abundance. One of the greatest ways to live a life of victory is to live for others and not so much be to where we're living for ourselves. If you want to be administrator of grace, a servant of the most high living God, if you want to be used more than you're being used now in the service on behalf of people that God loves so dearly, if you want to be a representative of the kingdom of God, if you want to reach out to a dying, lost world, and if you want to become a servant of God, I want you to raise your hand right there where you are, and I want you to stand up. Just stand up right there where you are. If you, want, if you desire God to use you more and more, just stand up right where you are. I want to ask everybody just to stand up. Would everybody just stand up? Let's all just, let's all just come before the Father right now. Let's all come before the Father right now. We're so guilty here in America when someone asks us, do you want to serve the Lord? We don't say it, but we think it. How much is it going to cost me? Jesus said, if you're not willing to let it cost everything, then you can't be my disciple. To fully follow Jesus is going to cost us everything. But yet at the same time, we gain more than we could ever give away. He promised that. So I just want you to just hold your hands before the Lord. and Father, we come before you this morning. We ask you to give us a compassionate, loving heart. To better see people as you see them everywhere we go. 
Lord, we show you this moment by standing and we show you through our hearts that we are available for you to speak through and minister to as you will. Father, we know that your heart is for the lost and the dying, the hurting, the wounded, the sick. Make us able bodied ministers of grace to better help them find the throne room and accept mercy and find grace in time of need. Use us to heal the sick, to pour the oil and the wine on them that have been beaten and left for dead, that they may have life and become ministers of grace themselves. Father, give us a compassionate heart. Lord, equip this church to be able to do more than it's ever done before and to even do more than it's doing now. Raise up a people can have the responsibility and the precious honor of holding your heart and feeling the pulse in the heart of others. Make Word of Grace a church of grace. And we give hope to those who feel like there is no hope. And freedom to the captives. Recovering of sight to the blind. Liberty to them that are bruised. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. I just want you to just close your eyes and just receive the special mantle as the Holy Spirit passes by. Receive an impartation of a double anointing of grace for your life and an abundance to your cup overflows for the, to give grace to those in need. When you're in need, learn to run to the throne room. Run to the throne room. Run to the throne room. Don't try to get your needs met through man. Don't publicize your pain and your hurt. Run to the throne room and let the allow, allow the Lord to fix it once and for all. Allow Him to fulfill you and to meet your every need. Restoration, Lord. Restoration, Lord. Help us to see those hands and kiss them. Help us to see that person who's naked and clothe them. Hungry and feed them. Help us reach the children and allow them to see that you are real and you are alive in America. We pray in Jesus' name. Them that are lost in drugs and alcohol. All forms of perversion. Give us the grace to point them towards the throne room. To find grace for their need. And to be freed through your grace. We praise you. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' name. I want to invite you to come back tonight. I have something in my heart I need to share with you. And I believe it will be a blessing to you. I spoke last week of an exodus that is starting to happen. In the area of religious tradition in our region. The Holy Spirit is coming in and He's upsetting men's ideas and man's traditions. And he's bringing revival to Sinla. There's going to be an exodus, not out of the, only out of the world, but also out of denominational tradition and religion that is killing 
and sucking men dry. There's going to be an influx of people coming to receive the realness of the Spirit of the Lord. Get ready to be used. Get ready to minister. Get ready to rescue as we live about the kingdom's work. In Jesus' name, I love you. Brother Jake, would you dismiss? Yes, Father, Lord, we thank you for this awesome word, God. And just pray right now that grace and peace and love and mercy will just resound from our hearts, from our lives. Lord, let these words be written upon our hearts so that, God, when people see us, they read grace and love and Jesus all over us. So, Father, today, let... Let everything that was said, Lord God, let it sink in. Let it go deep, Father, and, be, and root itself, this word today, Father, that we would live a life, Lord God, of unselfishness, Lord, reaching out and, and extending hands, Lord God. Father, just thank you for giving and supplying the resources that we're going to need, Father, that, Lord, we won't be, we won't be a church with lack. But Lord, we're going to have every need met, Father, and that we'll be able to meet the needs of your people in this region, in this area, Father. Let us go into this new level, this new place and a new level of serving and grace, Father. We love you, Father. We bless you so much, Lord. We love you, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Yeah.